0: What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 265.
2: The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, As they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities.
3: (laughs) I saw the cutest flippin' thing last night. Was it a square girl? Um, it was you. No. Yeah. We bought, we got a a new recliner, uh, which was long overdue.
0: Yes, we... Got a new chair.
3: Yeah, a new chair. Finally, and it came in a big box. And so we unbox it. We put it together. I'm sitting in it. I'm editing, and I look up. And when I'm editing, I'm engrossed in what I'm doing. Yeah. I look up, and cat's gone. I'm like, huh. I wonder where where cat went. And so I stood up to see if she needed my help with anything. And I, as I walked across the uh, kitchen past the giant box that the um, recliner came in, I look at Kat has made a box fort for her in banjo. She's got a blanket in there. She's <laughs> she had her cell phone set up attached to the side of the of the box, little built in wall box fort TV.
0: Well, there was a handle in the box. Yeah, so it just worked. It was natural.
3: You were the most adorable thing ever. No. Yeah. So, of course, I had to take a video of it, and uh, I uploaded it into the uh, Freaks group.
0: Uh, but then you made a great suggestion, which was to make a little doggy door in it so that Banjo could come and go as he pleased. Right. I and mean, that made the whole experience a lot better. I probably spent <laughs> two, two hours, hours yeah. in the box was, last night. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I had to... Uh,
0: you had to deliver snacks at I one did. point. I
3: did. And, and in order to do that, I had to... Lift the lid and cautiously peer inside. <laughs> Annie Hoosel, you get to go first today.
2: Let's, oh,
0: excellent. Let's do this. I'm I'm excited. very excited about this, and here's why. Today, we're going to talk about armadillos. Armadillos? I know. All right. So the name armadillo comes from the Spanish terms meaning little armored one. Uh, armadillos are closely related to sloths and anteaters there are nine extinct types of armadillos and 21 extant species. No,
3: they, they look to me to be almost prehistoric today, mm. They, as they look right now. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I can
3: picture them roaming around with uh, T-Rex.
0: <laughs> well, recent genetic research suggests that an extinct group of giant armored mammals, the glyptodonts, should be included within the lineage of armadillos, having diverged some 35 million years ago. Oh, wow. But so, that's actually more recently than previously assumed
3: uh, really yeah okay so these were giant armadillos mm-hmm. essentially how, how big were they
0: i don't know there is a giant armadillo currently alive and we're going to talk about him cool in just a bit okay armadillo species are native to the americas uh, where they inhabit a variety of environments they are characterized by a leathery armor shell and long sharp claws for digging they have short legs but can move quite quickly their shell unlike the horns of rhinos or fingernails and toes Mm -hmm. um, is made of solid bone and it grows directly out of the animal's vertebra
3: oh wow yeah
0: so it's not like a, a shell that we would normally picture it's bone it's bone it's bone
3: wow that kind of creeps me out so, <laughs> a little bit.
0: <laughs> they're amazing. They're amazing. So what do we know about armadillo? What do you what What do you know about an armadillo?
1: Like, um, I, what are your fast okay. facts?
3: Uh, my fast facts about armadillos, the first thing that comes to my mind is that uh, they're always getting hit by cars in Texas.
0: Mm, that's actually very true. Yeah.
3: Littering it's, the roadside. That
0: is the uh, biggest bummer of a fast fact, I think, that's ever been <laughs> fast facted. Well, there you go. Way to go. Thank you. Yeah, uh, bummer. Um, so when threatened by a predator, armadillos roll up into a ball, right? Well, that's only one of the species of armadillo. The Tallypiutes piutes is the th- southern three-banded armadillo and the Brazilian three-banded armadillo. And they are the only ones that are capable of that move.
3: That armadillo move. That
0: armadillo defensive move. Most armadillos live in South America, particularly diverse in Paraguay, where 11 species exist. Um, And that's because they originated in South America. Um, Due to the continent's uh, former isolation, they were confined for most of the Cenozoic. The nine-banded armadillo is the only species common in the U.S. It ranges throughout the American South, as you said, in Texas, very popular, uh, as far north as Nebraska. The diets differentiate between the species, but they mainly consist of insects, grubs, other invertebrates, and uh, some species feed almost entirely on ants and termites. Some have been reported to feast on carrion from time to time. Armadillos are the only animals besides humans that are affected by Hansen's disease, also known as leprosy.
3: Hansen's disease? Yeah. So you can't get mbop out of your head? Because I had that the other morning. Oh, yeah? When I woke up. Yeah. It kept going between mbop and uh, groove is in the heart by delight.
0: Oh, well. It was kind of a
3: weird little (laughs) mashup happening (laughs) in my head.
0: I'm into it. In 2016, nine people in Florida tested positive for leprosy. Uh, All of those people reported encounters with armadillos. No
2: kidding.
0: But there was no leprosy in the Americas until the European migration. So humans gave it to armadillos. And then armadillos. And now armadillos are giving it back. It's only fair. I think so. So what do armadillos look like? Uh, That can vary, but they are basically described as small to medium-sized mammals, characterized by their their little armor bits, and uh, short legs, long, sharp claws for digging. The screaming hairy armadillo, which (laughs) is his actual name. That sounds terrifying. Can be found in Paraguay, Argentina, and Bolivia. And as his name might suggest, he's got long hair growing out from between his armor scales. Wow. Yeah.
3: And he screams?
0: And he screams loudly when threatened. (laughs) Here is an example. Most armadillo also have a defense mechanism that involves like jumping up in the air.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know how that's a defense mechanism. I think it sounds more to me like a like a startle like re- a startle reflex.
3: Yeah. I don't know. it would uh, if if an armadillo, if I came across an armadillo mm-hmm. and and maybe maybe i I wasn't looking for one and wasn't expecting one, and all of a sudden, An armadillo, especially a hairy screaming one, Mm. jumps out of the tall weeds like four feet in the air. I would be a ghost.
0: It's actually part of the problem, is because if they are in a roadway trying to cross the roadway and a car comes at them, they get scared and they jump, and the jumping is what makes them hit their the fender or you know yeah, it's 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 a big problem. I
3: didn't realize that.
0: It's also uh, problematic because uh, people think it's fun to chase them, and uh, it's like you know how in Maine we have a disgusting tradition of pig scrambles.
3: Yeah, that's uh, a county fair activity. Yeah,
0: uh, where they get a bunch of baby pigs, they grease them up, and then they let loose a bunch of unruly children to try to catch Mm -hmm. these pigs. Um, They have a similar thing in the American South, uh, which is they try to catch armadillos. Do they
3: grease up the armadillo?
0: I don't think so. Greasing
3: Um, up the armadillo, that sounds like a euphemism. It
0: does. Uh, There are also armadillo races, which, um, yeah.
3: There are racist armadillos?
0: No. (laughs) No, though, I am shocked that we haven't gotten to that point. <laughs> so let's talk about the giant armadillo.
3: Yes, please. He
0: is the largest living species of armadillo. They're known to consume entire populations of termites in a single sitting. They also eat worms, larvae, larger creatures such as spiders and snakes and plants. So
3: so they're carnivorous.
0: Omnivorous. Oh, well,
3: omnivorous. Okay, they do eat some plants. Yeah. But if you add the word carnivorous to hairy and screaming...
0: Well, remember he's not the hairy and screaming one.
3: Okay, so de- okay, this is the giant one. This is the giant okay. armadillo. All
0: right. Uh, they've got anywhere from eleven to thirteen hinged bands on their armor. They're dark brown in color. A lighter yellowish band runs along the sides, and they've got around eighty to a hundred teeth, which Ooh. is more than any other terrestrial mammal. Ooh. They typically weigh around forty-one to seventy-two pounds. Or 18 to 32 kilos when fully grown. Wow. However, a 119-pound specimen has been weighed in the wild, and a captive specimen weighed up to 180 pounds.
3: 180 pounds? Yeah, they're
0: like the size of a small pig.
3: Wow. And they still jump?
0: they do jump yeah they also have that very long front claws including a sickle-shaped third claw that can reach up to nine inches in length so they can be dangerous they can be they're not you know they're sweet treasures that deserve love and affection not fear so their giant claw is proportionately the largest of any living animal Giant armadillos are uh, solitary and nocturnal. They spend their day in burrows, and typically their burrows are open to the west. So they they love a feng shui. (laughs) And it's been found that a lot of other animals like to take advantage of these burrows because they are huge, as you can imagine. Not a lot is known though about their reproductive biology. No juvenile giant armadillos have ever been found in the wild. Really? Yeah. And they've never successfully been bred in captivity.
3: Well that's fascinating.
0: Um which leads to this species being considered vulnerable to extinction. Mm-hmm. And it's why we've we've gotta, you know, we've gotta pay attention and be sweet and loving to armadillos.
3: And drive more carefully.
0: That's right. Though I wouldn't imagine that the giant armadillos have as much of a problem with being hit by cars. Because you Probably can see them
3: from a greater distance. Yeah, and yeah. you're more
0: concerned about damage to your car. Well, sure. The smallest armadillo is the Pink Fairy Armadillo. (laughs) (gasps) He's also known as the Sand Swimmer. And he's described by Wired magazine as a five-inch-long, quarter-pound critter with a rosy shell atop silky white hair. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. He's the most precious thing you can picture. He is a little nocturnal nugget, and he lives in the sandy plains and dry grasslands of central Argentina. And unlike all other armadillos, the pink fairy's shell is not fully attached to its body. Instead, it connects with just a membrane that runs along his spinal column. Is that weirder for you or less weird for that's, you? That's
3: less weird Okay, for me.
0: And again, unlike all other armadillo species, the pink fairy armadillo has no visible ears and only 28 teeth. Hmm. And unlike other armadillos, the armor is not super tough. Uh, There have been reports of bullets ricocheting off other, other armadillos. But these guys likely don't use them much as a defense. Instead, it's likely that their armor helps them thermoregulate so blood oh. pumps through their shell to regulate body temperature.
3: So there are blood vessels within the shell. Yeah. And, it's, and that's still made out of bone, right?
0: And that, yes, but not the, not not, the not same. Not the same,
3: right. It's more like a lobster shell yes. kind of thing. and
0: it's so thin that that's why he's pink, is hmm. because you can virtually see his blood oh, through wow. his. Yeah.
3: That's fascinating. He's
0: so sweet. So, underneath is fluffy white hair. Most armadillo have kind of spiky white hair. It's kind of like ball hair. You know, it just kind of shoots out here and there, all awkward. Yeah. Yeah, but this guy is a floof. And he's got massive claws, claws so big that he struggles to walk on flat surfaces. It's
3: like Banjo right now. He needs a a nail trim. (laughs) Yeah,
0: he's got an appointment for Monday. But the Pink Fairy Armadillo never spends more than a few moments above ground. He's so well adapted to being a burrower. He's got a butt plate, and that (laughs) butt plate compacts the dirt behind him as he advances forward in his tunnel.
3: Alexa, add butt plates to my shopping list. (laughs)
0: And because they spend so much time underground, it's really hard to say how many there are. They're not very well spotted. Um, There is a researcher that I was reading about in one of these articles who's been learning about armadillos for 13 years, on the job for 13 years, and she's never seen a pink fairy armadillo. No kidding. Yeah. They have been listed as a threatened species since 1970.
2: Wow! Yeah,
0: uh, estimates are that they are, their numbers are in the low hundreds, and part of this is because people the pink fairy armadillo uh, burrows very shallow, um, so any sort of dist- Durban's to the ground, be it agriculture or mm. whatever, um, is really problematic. Plus, roads cause problems yeah. um, because they can't burrow through a road, you know, so mm. they got to get up on top of it. That leads to them being hit by cars. Also, they're so flippin' cute that people want to snag them up when they see them, and you cannot do that. These animals can die really easily if their fur gets wet, They get hypothermia. Oh, wow. Also, if a person snatches them up and uh, puts them like in a cage or something and, you know, tries to create a habitat for them, it doesn't work. They need their natural habitat. Estimates of 95% of pink fairy armadillos die in captivity within eight days.
3: Don't fuck with the pink fairy armadillo.
0: Leave them alone. They also have a very low tolerance for stress. They're like bunnies in that way, where okay. if you, know, you pick them up, they can just freak out and die. Oh, my. Yeah. Leave them alone, basically. <laughs> um, again, they are threatened, and we need to do everything that we can to allow as much space for them as they need, because they're precious.
3: They need to be hairier and screamier. That yeah. would that would keep people from picking them up and taking them home. You think so? Uh, it, would, it would me.
0: Anyway, that's a little bit about armadillos, Uh, the biggest, the smallest, the hairy and screamiest. Um, I love them, and please be nice to them. I got my armadillo information from Mental Floss, A to Z Animals, Wired, ThoughtCo, and Wikipedia.
3: I need to do a little research and find out how big the prehistoric armadillo uh, ancestors became.
0: I can do that right now. Okay. They developed in South America around 20 million years ago and spread to uh, glyptodonts. Okay. Oh, there's a lot. Uh, evolution description. Glenda's tortoise-like body armor made of bony deposits in their skin. Tail bones. For, uh, the largest glyptodonts could weigh up to 2,000 kilos.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's no picking that one up and taking it home.
2: And now, that thing in the middle.
3: Have you ever noticed that when a person is sentenced to be hanged, they're told that they will be, quote, hanged by the neck until dead? That might seem a bit redundant, but there's a reason for this. And the reason why this sentence is phrased that way dates all the way back to 1724. A woman named Margaret Dickinson was sentenced to be hanged in the summer of that year. And hanged she was. But when they cut her down, they discovered that Margaret was still alive. Somehow, she had survived. Now, since her punishment had been carried out, she couldn't be executed a second time. So the words, until dead, were added to the sentence of hanging shortly thereafter.
2: The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. I've got to tell you, the longer
3: we've had our Aura Frame, the more I love it. I have kids.
0: I don't know, like a quarter or something.
3: Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together.
0: Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free.
1: Greenlight.com slash oddities. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Sometimes these liners just aren't very creative. Like that one just now. This is the Box of Oddities.
0: We got this message on Instagram and I am so excited to share. Okay, just standing in my kitchen with 11-year-old son and listening to episode 262, we both hear the name Leonardo Cianciulli and both look at each other and scream. See, our last name is Chenchuli, and I'm pretty sure Leonardo is a relative of my <laughs> husband's family. No! And she's from the same town as my husband's grandfather. Oh, my. We never researched the ancestry, as we really don't want to know. <laughs> so my 11-year-old just asked me if we're related to a serial killer, and I said, Maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's horrified or thrilled. Thanks for the episode, good old Aunt Leonarda. And Kat pronounced our name beautifully. Oh,
3: that's lovely. And they were listening in the kitchen. I wonder if they were making some tarts, (laughs) if you know what I mean. (laughs) Well, that's delightful and horrifying. I
0: know. We've received so many amazing messages this week. I I'm (laughs) really, I just feel like... This has been a really good week for Box of Oddities effects and people being connected to whatever story that we were telling on whatever episode. It
3: never ceases to amaze me when we do a story like that and somebody writes to us and tells us they have a personal connection. Indeed. You know, it started way back with a guy saying that his mother escaped Ted Bundy. Mm -hmm. She was one of two, I think, victims that got away. That's just amazing to me. And speaking of true horror, with Halloween not too far away.
0: Don't forget to submit your stories submissions for our Halloween episode. Email them to curator at com. Yes. How was that?
3: That was good, except you forgot to mention that they need to tell the recording. Yes,
0: you should tell us your stories by way of your mouth.
3: And then email it to
0: us. Make your mouth do it.
3: (laughs) 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 The true horror story of Madame Delphine LaLaurie.
0: Oh, no. Uh, I have considered doing this so many times, but I'm like, I don't even know if I can get through it.
3: Her story was, of course, the inspiration for one of the plot lines in American Horror Story. Mm -hmm. And even though it was, you know, a fictitious TV show, the story was based on true facts. Yeah. She was born Marie Delphine McCarty in 1780 to rich, a rich white Creole family. Her family was originally from Ireland, but they moved to Louisiana about a generation before she was born. She was only the second generation, in fact, of her family to be born in the U.S. She married three times. She had five children. By all accounts, she was a loving parent. Her first husband was a high-ranking Spanish officer. The pair had a daughter together before his untimely death uh, in Cuba while he was en route to Madrid.
0: Mm, I want to go to Cuba.
3: Four years later, Delphine remarried, this time to a Frenchman named Jean Blanc. He was a banker, a lawyer, and a legislator, and he was a pretty affluent guy himself. Between the two of them, they had four children, three daughters and one son. Then he died, and after his death, Delphine married her third and final husband. He was a much younger doctor named Leonard Luis Nicholas LaLaurie. He was a very busy man being a doctor, Mm -hmm. and because of that, he wasn't present in his wife's day-to-day life quite as much as maybe he should have. He pretty much just left his wife to do her own thing.
0: I mean, a lot of women would be really into that. Yeah. Now... Um, Kathy Bates played this yeah, character, right? Yeah 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 yeah, 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 I remember thinking, oh shit. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is going to be good. In
3: 1831, Madame LaLaurie purchased a three-story mansion at 1140 Royal Street in the French Quarter mm-hmm. of New Orleans, or Norlands, if you Norlands. will. Norlands, if you will. Not surprisingly, Madame LaLaurie kept slaves, as many society women did at that time, most of the city was shocked at how polite she was to her slaves. She showed them kindness in public. She even freed two of them in 1819 and 1832. However, rumors soon began to spread that uh, her politeness, her public face was just an act.
0: Oh, it's funny because I do I do know this story fairly well, and I'm getting really anxious (laughs) knowing what you're going to say. And it's funny because you'd think I would be more anxious if I didn't know the story, but because I know what's coming.
3: New Orleans had laws much different from other southern states that, quote, protected slaves from unusually cruel punishments. And word was that the conditions at the LaLaurie Mansion were far from adequate. There were rumors that she kept her 70-year-old cook, who was malnourished, chained to the stove in the kitchen. And there were whispers that there were other slaves that she kept hidden away for her doctor husband to practice Haitian voodoo medicine on. There were other reports that she was cruel to her own daughters. She would whip them if they even tried to pretend to be kind to the slaves. Mm. At the time, these were just rumors However, two of the reports on record are true. One, that a man was so scared of punishment that he leapt from the third story window, choosing to die rather than have to deal with Madame LaLaurie's torture. The third story window was bricked up. It's still bricked up, and it's still visible today if you walk by. Wow. Wow. The Lalori Mansion. The other report was of a 12 year old slave girl named Leah. She was uh, brushing Madame Lalori's hair and accidentally pulled it a little bit too hard. Lalori flew into a rage and she whipped the girl. Like the young man before her, Leah climbed out onto the roof and leapt to her death. Witnesses later saw LaLaurie burying the girl's corpse and reported it to police. She was forced to pay a $300 fine and and sell nine of her slaves. However, law enforcement looked the other way when she quickly bought them all back. So after Leah's death, the locals began to doubt LaLaurie even more. Right. Then in 1834, at the mansion at 1140 Royal Street in the French Quarter of New Orleans, a fire broke out, a huge fire. Neighbors rushed to help. They poured water on the flames. They assisted in getting the family out of the mansion. The weird thing was, the only person in the mansion was Madame LaLaurie. Now, a mansion without slaves Seemed odd mm. to this group, so they took it upon themselves to search the house. What they found shocked them and forever changed the public's perception of Madame Marie Delphine Lalori. First, they found the charred remains of the cook chained to the stove in the kitchen.
0: Now it was my understanding that it was actually the cook that started the fire. Is that what you read?
3: That was the speculation, yes. Then they proceeded to search the rest of the house. They got to the attic, and in the attic they found a hidden door that was chained and locked shut. Behind the door they found dozens of slaves in a state of squalor. Some were chained to the walls, some locked in small cages, others were strapped to makeshift operating tables. Strewn about the secret room were body parts, human heads, and organs. They were piled in buckets and jars. Now, the story has been handed down for decades, and the rumors have been muddied over the past century and a half, but some of the details have in fact stood the test of time and have been proven to be correct. First, the group of locals found the slaves in the attic. Second, they had clearly been tortured. Reports from eyewitnesses claim that there were at least seven slaves. They were beaten, bruised, bloodied, and barely alive, some with their eyes gouged out. Others, skin filleted. Some had their mouths filled with excrement and sewn shut. Oh, God. But the most horrifying report claimed that there was a woman whose bones had been broken and reset so that she resembled a crab. That's the one that got you. Another woman, Well, I mean,
0: no, all of them, all of them are, but are that was, terrible.
3: That's the most horrifying.
0: I think the most horrifying for me is the mouthful of excrement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because the, the idea of my mouth being sewn shut in the first place, just... <laughs> but then um, the fact that someone handled feces to put it in someone's mouth yeah, don't is handle, so upsetting.
3: Don't, don't touch the feces before you put it in it's your mouth. It's so upsetting. Another it's woman funny. was wrapped in human intestines. The witnesses also claimed that there were people with holes in their skulls and wooden spoons lying near them that had been used to stir their brains. Mm. Strewn about the attic of horrors, dead bodies, corpses mutilated beyond recognition, their organs not all intact or inside their bodies. Some say that there were only a handful of bodies. Others claim there were as many as a hundred victims. Either way, Madame LaLaurie was a bad lady. So when all of this came to light, the LaLauries fled the mansion and disappeared. The house was then ransacked by an angry mob, and then it lay vacant for many years in a state of disrepair. It was sold many times over the decades, but no one stayed very long. It was assumed that LaLori fled to Paris. Her daughter claimed to have received letters from her from Paris, though no one ever saw them. In the late 1930s, an old cracked copper plate was found in uh, New Orleans' St. Louis Cemetery bearing the name... Madame Delphine McCarty, which was, if you remember... Her maiden name. LaLaurie's maiden name. The inscription on the plaque was in French. It claimed that uh, Madame LaLaurie died in Paris on December 7th, 1842. However, the mystery remains very much alive, as the other records located in Paris claim that she died in 1849. Now, despite the plaque and the records, it is widely believed that while LaLaurie did make it to Paris, she came back to New Orleans under a new name, and then continued her reign of terror. To this day, the body of Madame Marie Delphine Lalaurie has never been found. Though the house still stands on the corner of Royal Street today, screams of pain can be heard coming from the mansion, um. and the apparitions of slaves have been reported walking along the balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, from the Ghost City Tours website.
0: That is a ghost tour that I would love to go on, by the way.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Here are a few things about the mansion. Nicolas Cage owned it at one point for a very short time. Well, It says on the website, it's also true he managed his money as well as he acts and he no longer owns the house. Oh, girl. Uh, The LaLaurie Mansion is widely considered one of the most haunted houses in the French quarter. Many people believe the ghosts of former slaves are causing most of the hauntings. Again, according to Ghost City Tour's website, for almost 200 years there have been reports of paranormal activity coming from the house. Shouldn't surprise many that uh, the hauntings are attributed mostly to the slaves that Madame LaLaurie kept. Reports of moaning coming from the room are common. Phantom footsteps echo through the house with regularity. Many people who have stood near the house have reported feeling as though they were taken over by negative energy. There was a tenant who lived at the LaLaurie Mansion. At one point, it had been converted into apartments, and that person was brutally murdered in his room. They found his belongings ransacked as if someone had gone through them. The police assumed that he was a victim of robbery even though nothing was found missing. An interesting account regarding this particular murder deals with police interviewing the neighbors about his disappearance. One of his friends claimed that he was having problems with, quote, spirits in the house. Uh, His friend wrote it off as his you know buddy's imagination running wild, but he did say something interesting. He claimed that his friend told him that there was a demon in the house who wasn't going to rest until he had met his end. The LaLaurie Mansion was, for a very brief period of time, also a school for girls, an all-girls school. This was mid to late 19th century. It was one of the very few mixed schools in the city of New Orleans. And soon after, the school became an all-girls African-American primary school. Right after that happened, within a short amount of time, reports of physical assaults came to light. Young girls would approach their teachers with tears in their eyes uh, their sleeves would be rolled up exposing flesh on the forearms that had been scratched and bruised they would say who did this to you and the answer was always the same quote that woman one of the most recent caretakers of the house says she won't go into the kitchen alone she hears pots and pans rattling around in there when there's no one in there she says Is she But Bill Haley went in the kitchen and rattled the pots and pans
0: <laughs> do, 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 do,
3: do. She uh, says that uh She would see the doorknob from the kitchen physically turning, and then the door would violently fling open and there would be nobody on the other side. Apparitions of a tall man in a top hat has been seen stepping out from behind an armoire, and occasionally, a young girl can be seen sitting on the roof. The Lalori Mansion? Yeah, Put that on the list of things to do. And I know we have a lot of listeners in uh, New Orleans because they always correct how I pronounce the name of the city. (laughs) Perhaps they can let us know if they've actually seen the interior of the LaLaurie Mansion. I got all my information from all things interesting, Ranker, Ghost City Tours website, and Wikipedia. I cannot wait to go and see that.
0: Yes, please.
3: Wow. That sounds really creepy. I wonder if they let you go right up into the attic room.
0: I'm sure it's been cleaned up by now.
3: The longer we do this podcast, the longer the list of things that we need to go see becomes. And with this uh, COVID-19 thing, we're getting way behind.
0: We are. We're way behind.
3: Anyway, there you go. The LaLaurie Mansion and Madame LaLaurie.
0: I'm so glad that you did that because I, like I said, I had struggled. I almost talked about her. (sighs) I don't know, a dozen times. Mm. Um, but I didn't feel like I was, I don't know, I just wasn't ready to to discuss having someone's mouth sewn shut with excrement inside. Yeah,
3: no, I get that. And the whole breaking the bones and resetting them to mm. make that woman look like a crab.
0: Yeah. I don't think we finished that season of... American Horror Story. Really? No. We we kind of dropped off. We did. We tapered. Yeah. I know. We watched the first one, uh, Hell House. Right. We watched Coven.
3: That was the one, wasn't it? Coven? Oh,
0: no. We watched the Asylum. the, uh, Asylum. Yeah.
3: We need to get back into it get caught up again absolutely yeah
0: anyway um
3: i thought it would be a good story to kick off halloween season with
0: yeah and again if you've got uh fun halloween stories uh that you can share with us via your mouth uh send them to us at curator at the box of we're also going to have some uh news for you soon yeah uh, though we've i mean we've We've talked about it with some, and uh, it word has spread on the freaks page. Has it? Yeah.
3: Okay. All right. Well, yeah, we're gonna we're building out the uh, premium channel, which is a, a way for you to support the box of oddities. Um, we are building out a more robust platform with a lot of different ways and different options mm-hmm. that you can support the box of oddities with all kinds of really cool insider stuff. Yeah. We'll tell you more about that coming up.
0: Yeah, and someone not long ago had asked if they could send us presents via TikTok and as I said on on TikTok uh, we don't have enough followers for that that's not something that they allow uh, but you can find our PayPal link on Instagram there you go (laughs) Uh, big thanks by the way to Ma Cooper and Bree for uh, your lovely generous gifts this week
3: thanks very much we look forward to seeing you freaks next time
0: until then keep flying that freak flag
3: and keep flying it proudly
2: you beautiful freak and so let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you and its fate is in your hands the box of oddities commits to the telling of stories stories of the strange the bizarre the unexpected we wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. Theboxofaudities.com. On Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at BoxOfOddities And Instagram at Box of Oddities Podcast. Copyright 2020 All Rights Reserved